0: At this time in our service, we're going to move to a time of reflecting on God's faithfulness, particularly through the past COVID season. And, uh, you're going to hear a bunch of different stories from different shepherds on our staff. Um, some video, of some in person about, uh, what God's been doing in this place and obviously as we've gone through COVID it's been the hardest thing I think this generation has walked through together and we're still experiencing this the struggle of that and the pain of that and the fallout of that and the disappointment and the all sorts of stuff but The thing is that God is always working and always faithful, no matter what the season. And so sometimes it's just good for us to pause and look for God's faithfulness because it's there. Sometimes we just miss it because we aren't looking for it. And so that's what we're going to do together. And as you hear these stories, I just want to encourage you to celebrate God's faithfulness amidst so much devastation. And think about in your own life how God's been faithful to you in this past season. Um, Look for his hand. Look for his voice because he is there and he is moving. And uh, we're going to celebrate that individually and collectively as a church body. So let's do that together now.
1: Hey church, Scott Balon here, shepherd of students and kids here at the church, and I have seen God be faithful in so many ways in the course of this last season. Um, gosh, I think going through a year where it's been very difficult to be in relationship and be connected and have students and, and kids kind of engaging together, having to do things on video all the time has been really rough, but... As the doors kept reopening and God kept providing opportunity for relationship to happen, we are so encouraged and so blessed with opportunities for students to re-engage, with our core group leaders and small group leaders to pour back into the lives of students. And I've seen opportunity after, after opportunity of that to happen uh, in the course of this last window of time. Uh, whether it be high school students gathering outside around fire pits on North Campus or fifth and sixth graders or junior hires underneath the tent on main campus. God has just been so faithful to create environments for us to be able to engage again and see the faithfulness of God through relationships over and over again. One of the really cool stories uh, recently that I actually heard was that there is a crew in our church, a faithful couple who just said they wanted to invest this coming week at Hume Lake because we send our students up to camp, but they're going to donate $50 per liter in our high school ministry so that they would have an opportunity to sit one-on-one with the students in their cabins to buy milkshakes for those students so that they would have opportunities to communicate the gospel, to connect in real-life conversations, and to pour in relationally in the lives of these students that have missed that so much in this last season. So to see the generosity of God's people and the way that God uses that to create opportunities for relationships it's something we're so pumped about. Uh, and I would just encourage you, continue to dive in, continue to invest, continue to pour into opportunities like this where God can move through that relational context. We believe so heavily that the gospel, when pulled through the context of the relationship, is so powerful. And we want to invite you in to see God work through that in this upcoming season as well. So thanks again for your faithfulness. Thanks for trusting us with the students. Uh, we can't wait to see how God's going to continue to do what he does in this upcoming, upcoming year.
2: I'm Katie Smiley, and I'm the Shepherd of Growth Ministries, and I just wanted to share a minute about how God's been faithful to me in the last year or 16 months, or we like to use the word season around here, Um, and personally, I cannot help but share how God carried our family through the last year in really miraculous ways. I have four kids, um, and my husband and I both work. um, And when March 13th, 2020 happened, all four kids got a notice that they'd be coming home from school, which so many of you understand and know. And our lives had to completely adjust. And uh, when I think about September last year, August, really, and everybody at home Zooming school full time my husband working from home full time and trying to navigate things like the Wi-Fi went out or I can't get my computer to pull up the screen with my teacher on it and also trying to just figure out responsibility at home and here in ministry at the church. And I know some so many of you were struggling in that regard too. And so um, thinking through how we feel now, today, that we actually did it, that that God gave us the resiliency to push through all of that frustration that felt like every day just kept climbing instead of slowly easing up. Um, And to think now that things are kind of going back to a more normal rhythm and we're feeling better about it to even remember how hard it was. I just see God in that. Um, We have a cute little black and white bird that lives in our backyard and he just would keep showing up all the time. And I would remember watching him. Oh, that's the spirit. The spirit is with us. He's not leaving us alone to handle this stress by ourselves. So it's really beautiful. And here at the church, I saw God work so many ways. I can't even really pull up one thing, but I, um, particularly remember this year working with the pursuit Bible study and women's ministries. And we chose this word for the year. It's determined. And, um, it's because we knew that our vision was to be transformed by God's word. And so we committed together to stay determined to continue to be transformed by God's word, even though our circumstances were completely bonkers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we stayed determined together and I watched women who felt really differently about how we could handle COVID in our circles and women who really didn't, um, have, um, too much impact. And then other women who were so deeply impacted work together and, um, kind of hold hands in it and do zoom together and continue to pray for each other. And it just gave me a picture that this is what the body of Christ is supposed to be like. We're supposed to be loving each other and, um, building each other up in love. And I watched that happen this year and it was beautiful. So I'm so glad to be a part of this church and to be walking this road with you.
3: Morning, Fullerton Free. My name is Steve Hernandez. I'm one of the shepherds on staff. Uh, As we've heard and we know, uh, this last year has been really uh, difficult and uh, one that we've not faced before. One of the things uh, I found interesting in this whole time uh, was how we were always waiting, uh, sometimes with with bated breath almost, on word from up top on what we were supposed to do. Uh, We didn't know who was in charge, but we just wanted word. Uh, What tier are we in? What color code is it? Uh, are restaurants open? Can we have people over? Uh, and on and on and on. Uh, and we were waiting for some kind of definitive word on which we can act. And during this whole time, one of the things that, that came to mind and kept coming to mind for me was how Peter says that we have a more sure word. Now, obviously, that's a, that's a much broader context. And he's speaking about the word of God. And that was reiterated to me specifically this past year as we held uh, three different Bible studies with Uh, some 60 different men, and we're able to understand what God was trying to say to us. Uh, We started way back in September on a topic that was uh, appropriate for the time. It was, uh, you know, nowadays we're so busy with uh, work and family. Uh, We we run home just to take the kids to practice and, uh, you know, make dinner and, and, you know, technology and so many things that we forget to take a step back. Uh, There was a thing in the 90s uh, that I experienced, maybe some of you remember it, it was actually called boredom. Anybody remember that? Where you didn't know, I mean, I remember riding in the car and I had to look out the window. I didn't have uh, cell phones and all that stuff. None that those are wrong, but my point is that we we are so busy with everything that we forget to take a step back. And the men that were gathered for that Bible study, uh, we were able to understand what God has for us as we uh, for the time in COVID, as we almost had to take a step back, uh, understand how to live intentionally and in a life that pleases the Lord. Uh, then we, in, in the winter, we looked at the life of Christ. We started all the way from the Old Testament, uh, the promises, uh, of, uh, all the prophecies of, of Christ, all the way from Genesis, which we've been learning, uh, all through the Old Testament, fulfilled, obviously, in the Gospels, and what his life and death uh, means for all of us. And we ended with uh, the, his death and his resurrection and the hope for eternity. And so we picked up, th- picked up that theme uh, in our last study. And we studied uh, uh, the topic of heaven. And to be honest with you, that was probably one of the sweetest uh, Bible studies I've ever been a part of. Uh, we all learned. We all came in, into the study with different uh, uh, misconceptions, uh, different ideas of what heaven was like. We had, you know, some of us were, were, were way off. And to study what God has specifically uh, taught us about eternity was amazing. Um, At the beginning, week one, I asked uh, the guys, I said, you know, some of you, uh, what made you interested in studying this topic? And uh, one of the guys came up to me, he's in his uh, older 80s, late 80s. He said, uh, you know, with with COVID and everything going on, he said, I'm much closer to heaven than you are. And I want to know what heaven is going to be like when I get there. All the men that got together, we were able to open the Bible, uh, collaborate, teach each other, uh, edify each other, and walk away each week and after each study with confidence in God's Word. And we're going to pick that up again in the fall, but it's always good to know, it's always encouraging that no matter what's going on in life, no matter what trials or uh, struggles or uh, anything that goes on, we can always find confidence that God is faithful to his word. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, I'm Christina. And as I think about the past COVID season and how I've seen God's faithfulness as it pertains to our worship ministries, I'm reminded of the ways that God came alongside the Israelites when they were in exile. And he wanted them to know that while they were displaced from the place where they experienced God's presence and they associated that place with God's presence, that he was with them. And in a lot of ways, I feel like this has been our story over the past season. We've been displaced from what we've normally experienced as church, and we've had to experience God in a new and a different way. And I've seen God be really faithful to us in that we've uh, shifted from, you know, being together in the worship service to going to only online ministry um, to then having an outdoor service to now being in this time of being in a hybrid state. And I think in all of this, I've seen God stretch us together as a people into leaning into him and knowing his presence in a new and a deep way. Um, and, And I've even seen God use these different things to reach different people. As we've been having the outdoor service, I think it's created a bridge to be a safe place for people who aren't used to coming to our normal morning services to come and find a way to be connected at church. And the online ministry stuff that we've been able to do has been able to connect people who are far away from us to be connected to our church family and to be a part of our church services. And now being back together in this hybrid format, for those of you who are able to join us on Sunday mornings, I think it's been a blessing for us to be shoulder to shoulder and to worship alongside one another. So I've seen God use all of these things um, and bless all of these things in unique ways. And as we lean into the future, I just want to encourage each of you to think about God's presence with you. Um, His spirit lives within us. And no matter what our circumstances are, he remains faithful and he remains present with us. In the highest highs and in the lowest lows, he's constant. So turn to him in honesty And let his presence comfort you and draw you near and let him show you his faithfulness to you.
4: In John 15, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. The truth is we're totally dependent on God in everything. And so that's why we pray. We can't transform ourselves. We pray. And so for the last 40 days before Easter, we had a call to prayer every noon. We were praying in the prayer room. 32 days after Easter, we continued to pray every day at noon. It was a time of personal repentance. It was a time of bringing requests to God for our church, for our country, for ourselves. God used it in a wonderful way. Two stories come out of that. Heather and Joseph are church missionaries in Ukraine. Heather grew up in our church. Through them, scores of young people have come to know the Lord and have been discipled. Well, May 4th, Heather, eight months pregnant, began to have severe back pain. The plan was for them to go 50 miles across the border to Poland to deliver where they had better care. But they didn't make it. She went to a Ukrainian hospital. She got tested for COVID. She was positive. Joseph didn't see her then for the next four days. She got severe um, complications. They rushed her into surgery that night. They barely saved her life and the life of the baby. We prayed. Their adult fellowship, new community, prayed. The mission team prayed. The, The church prayer team prayed. Because only God can help in times when they're so far away. They started to recover. Heather didn't see her baby for 14 days because she was too weak to go to the hospital to see the baby, who was premature. They're doing okay right now. They still can't get to the States for follow-up because they can't get a passport for Charlotte because the capital is too far away for them to go. So we pray. They're not worried. Their trust is in God. Another story, Micah and Lauren, they worked with crew down in San Diego for several years on college campuses. And this past year, they felt God calling them to prepare to go to an unreached people group. that had never heard the gospel. So they joined an intense mission training program down in Tijuana. And this year, they're almost finished. But a few months ago, Micah started having severe headaches and, and loss of vision. We began to pray. Their adult fellowship devoted. Their adult fellowship, all ages and stages, began praying for them. Different groups started praying for them. They finally figured it out. It was a virus that went to his optic nerve, and um, they started to treat it. But the side effects of the treatment perforated his stomach, and he was bleeding out a few weeks ago. They couldn't get him to the U.S., they rushed him into a hospital in Tijuana. They did surgery, and he's doing okay. It's still difficult, it's been a couple weeks. Through all that, Micah had been sharing with the family that he had been connected with as his language helper down there. And through all this, the whole family came to know Christ as Savior. As Mike and Lauren, as they're recovering, their faith is in God. They are trusting Him to sustain them. Life is difficult. That's why we need to pray. I'm delighted that we're still praying Wednesdays at noon together as a church. I'm delighted we belong to a church that focuses on prayer because without Christ, we can do nothing. We trust in him.
5: Hey guys, my name is Kelsey. And as I've been thinking and reflecting about God's faithfulness in the last season of our church, the couple things that come to my mind are God's faithfulness through his people connecting at church on Sunday mornings, and then also our mentoring ministry. So I now have this amazing front review of people coming onto our church campus on Sunday mornings for our worship services. And after months of being separate and isolated and apart, Um, I get this amazing opportunity to see people come on and our greeters greet them and there's a warm and welcoming environment. And the amount of times I've heard people say, this is the first time back after so long, there's really just such a joy in the room. And I see God's faithfulness that after all this time, there is this sense of connection between us as brothers and sisters. And then, in particular, at our 530 service, um, almost every week we have a new person who's never come onto our church campus before ever. And I just love that because through this season, people are um, having courage, and they're able to come out and step onto our campus. And our team of people are greeting them and connecting with them, and it is just so beautiful. And then in our mentoring ministry, you, you all might not know this, but there's amazing mentoring relationships happening behind the scenes. And in particular, there's a story a couple weeks ago, there was a senior event and one of our mentors was there. And she um, told me this a few days later, but she's like, Kelsey, at my table, I got to meet the mom of my mentee. And she said that they connected over lunch and just got to talk. And I just love how encouraging it was for the mentor and the mom to meet each other and go, oh my gosh, you're investing into my daughter. You love my daughter. You care about her spiritual growth. And it was just such a cool thing. Um, no one planned that. God was in that. And um, they were just so encouraged by that. So I would encourage us all to see God's faithfulness as a way to anchor us for the future. He has been faithful to us time after time after time, and he will continue to be faithful to us. And we have a calling and responsibility to share with each other what God has done in our lives. As it says in Psalm 145.4, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. So let's do that with one another.
6: So let me just say it is so, so good to be in the house of the Lord because we remember when we could not be together and we know that we are so blessed this morning. My name is Sheila and I am on staff here as one of the shepherds. In thinking over the last year, year and a half or so, it reminded me that um, for a few years I had worked with uh, Kelsey, who you just heard on the screen, in creating larger kind of events so that we could come together, uh, that we could spend time and have fun and just develop relationships. You might remember some of those events. We had Bingo. Uh, we also had potlucks, we had the chili cook-off, uh, and even more. So those times were, were very precious because, we, again, we were able to meet people we didn't know or renew relationships with people that we hadn't seen in a long time. So as, as I think about that, I think you know, it, it gave us an opportunity even through, through the generations to come together and to just just slow down. And just to be with each other, uh, to share, to live, you know, to live life. And we know scripture certainly tells us that, that uh, we need each other for encouragement, for growth, and for living in this world that, that is not our home. So to not have those kind of opportunities was really difficult last year. And what we saw happen and even felt ourselves was this longing, this longing to be together with each other it was missing. It was really large gaps that we saw over time. And, and another thing too is is thinking through what why do we have that longing what is that about and realizing that it truly is a need that we have uh, being made in the image of God and being relational people it is just so so very important to us so we long for the day that we could come together and we were able to some of you might remember we had one uh, larger event that we could hold following protocols and um, that That was on Easter Sunday. We uh, pulled out the grills. We pulled out the pancake batter. And we made pancakes. We had breakfast. And we said, hey, y'all come. And you did. There were so many people there. And it was so great to see people just being able to, again, uh, to, to quiet down, to be able to talk, to be able to, joy, uh, to enjoy each other, to be able uh, to share. It indeed was great. We had good food, good fellowship, and the view was really good because we're on top of the, the parking structure. So what a great morning uh, as we were able to come together again. And it was during that time, too, that while we were celebrating Resurrection Sunday, of course, our major focus, we also remember what God had done for us, how he had carried us through, sustained us, uh, been so, so very faithful, and then allowed us to come together again. Um, It really felt so much like coming home again and being family with one another. So we look forward to more times of uh, having fun and uh, also rubbing shoulders together and just living life. And uh, again, we remember what our Lord has done for us and how he has so gifted us and uh, we praise him for that.
7: Hey guys, uh, Mitch Fierro, one of the shepherds on staff here. And as I've taken some time to look back um, and reflect on this last year, I've just been continually blessed by how our church um, has responded during this last year. I mean, you guys have probably heard lots of stories uh, via whether talking to me or through other videos of just things that God has done in our community. Uh, some of those things like feeding seniors who, who, who couldn't leave at the beginning of the pandemic or, or coming alongside um, families living in the margins in our city or, or, or putting on summer camps for uh, the city who just had to let go of staff during a difficult year. Um, all of those things, although they're great stories, are only part of what I think God was doing during that time. Because to, to to make all those stories come to fruition, well, it took people, and those people are are you guys essentially sitting in the seats, um, not only hearing the need, but also responding to the Holy Spirit's leading and saying, "Yeah, Lord, use use me. I, I want to be a part of that." And as I look back, that just blesses me so much to know that that I get to be a part of a church. That not only sees the community, sees our community the way Jesus would see it, but also responds by saying, use me, Lord. I I, I want to be a part of what you're doing in our community. And that just makes me so um, grateful to be here, but also excited for all the things that God is going to do um, in this next season. That we would have eyes to see where God is leading us, and that we would have hearts to respond and say, here I am, Lord, use me.
8: Good morning. I'm so grateful that this morning we got to sing about how God doesn't expect our perfection um, because this is really outside of my comfort zone, but it's God's story and it should be told. So my name is Jennifer Heber, and I oversee memorials and weddings here at Fullerton Free. And I had the opportunity this season to meet with a young girl named Roxy. It's been a challenging season for many of our families to plan a memorial In light of all that's been going on, but Roxy in particular, she's a 17-year-old girl who was in the midst of planning her graduation and being excited about graduating. And she went from that to planning her mom's memorial service. So in that season, when you're planning a service, there's a lot of decisions that go into that and need to be made. And Roxy had a really hard time with that. There were just moments where she couldn't. Um, Making those decisions just seemed really overwhelming to her. And so uh, myself and one of our alongsides who helped serve our family, her name is Patty, we had the opportunity to sit with her, to pray with her, to grieve with her, and to help her plan. And for her, that felt good. It felt strange to her, but she was grateful for that. At the service, we had um, some of our um, teachers and administrators from the local schools. They came to support Roxy, and they kept saying to us that they couldn't believe that we as a church would step into Roxy's life or to step into her family's life in the midst of the season. Um, after the service, we had the opportunity to take uh, Roxy out to lunch, and she has a lot of hopes and dreams for the futures. But as we were, she was kind of sharing with us, one of the things she kept saying to us that she couldn't believe how nice we were, once again, that we stepped in to her grief. We didn't know her. We didn't have a relationship before, that we just were able in that moment to step in and grieve with her. So Roxy has a lot of hopes, like I said, and dreams for the future. I'm not sure where God will take her, but I'm grateful for the opportunity that we had as a church to step in in a moment where she really needed someone. Thank you.
9: My name is Heather, and one of my roles here on staff is to steward the big, beautiful gym at the end of our campus. And although it might not always look like it, to me, the gym represents hospitality and energy and a refuge. And I was asked to share a story that's kind of near and dear to my heart about the gym. But before I do, I want to tell you something about myself. I love high school students. I have a big heart for them and the age and the complexities of that time. And I think one of the reasons is because those were difficult, difficult years for me personally. And I think there were many times where I kind of longed for a refuge or a place to land. While back, we had kind of a mystery on our campus. We had these high school boys that were sneaking into the gym playing, and we kind of, we couldn't figure out quite who they were and where they came from. We'd slowly kind of unfold the mystery. We knew they didn't come here, um, We kept trying to figure it out, and one day, um, my boss at the time, John Schaefer, and I were in the office, and John got a call from Jose, who is um, on our security staff, and Jose said, the boys are in the gym. So John and I kind of got excited and just took off for the gym, because we were finally going to solve this mystery, and we get in there and confront them, and obviously by my stature and my presence, I'm very intimidating not intimidating, but John is, and the boys were clearly kind of shocked and deer in the headlights, couldn't quite answer our questions, it was kind of tense, and finally I said, guys, we want you here. We actually like that you come, and we want you to continue coming. It's just that we have rules and protocols, and you need to follow those if you want to come in, and so after explaining the rules and what to do and how to contact us, um, that kind of push forward a relationship. And I'm, it's been two years now, and those guys still come in. They follow the rules. They're actually very polite. They're great. Um, it was special about a month or so ago, one of them reached out and said, can I just come shoot for an hour? I want to practice. Our, our team actually made it to CIF. It was really fun to be able to celebrate and congratulate that on behalf of our church. Um, I know that COVID and the pandemic, this was Gosh, a challenging time for all of us. But I'd like to submit to you that for high schoolers, this was uniquely burdensome. This was really rough. Can you imagine being at the dawn of your independence and in a moment's notice had that all taken away? Now they're stuck in their rooms on Zoom day in and day out. They lose their sports and their connections and time with their friends, resources, support. Um this was a rough time for high schoolers. And often the boys would reach out, can we come in the gym? Can we come in the gym? And it broke my heart as a mom to say no. I kind of wanted to sneak them in there, but I didn't. But I, you know, the gym was closed for a while because we were honoring the orders. But it was really cool because um I would track with the district. And I don't know if many of you know this, but Uh, There were times where things were shut down, but the school districts were allowing kids to practice their sports. They were being tested for COVID three times a week. It was a huge ordeal, but they allowed that. And so knowing that they allowed that, me tracking it, I would allow the boys in our gym during those times so they could come, burn some energy, get away, have almost a sense of normalcy a little bit, and a refuge during that really dark time. I don't know. If these boys will ever attend our church, I'm not sure. I hope they do. But I pray for those boys. I pray for those boys. And I pray often that we, um, that their experience here, walking on our campus, using our gym, that they would almost experience it as a reflection of our God to them. Um, our God is so generous and hospitable, even when we don't deserve it. And our God is a refuge and a safe place to land in these dark times. And my prayer has been that they experience that, or experience it that way. And even my hope is that even ten years from now, if they drive by this campus, that they would look at the gym, look at our campus, and just reflect on what a unique time for them, what a unique time of life. But that we were open to them and welcoming and loving, and that that would be a A cool reflection. So maybe if you remember, pray for the basketball boys.
10: All right, we have one more response story, and um, that's from me. Uh, So this is my uh, survey of God's faithfulness in 2020. You know, in January, I was recovering from the third attempt to remove a fast growing precancerous tumor from my shoulder. In March, uh, quarantine, of course, with all, with all of you, uh, with our teen kids. In May, I was affirmed as a new elder here. In June, sanitizing groceries, hunting for toilet paper, as well as responding to the racial tension. You know, Heather, in July, uh, my wife, uh, she was in and out of the hospital with a collapsed lung, along with 70 COVID patients there. And also in July, my daughter uh, had to have multiple trips to chalk, and in July, uh, my wages were cut as a result of COVID and the effect of the economy. In August, high school from home and parenting through sadness, depression, and anxiety of our kids and of us. You know, in September, Heather started grad school. And as for me, um, the el- on the elder board, we were respondi- responding to some very um, you know, sensitive conversations. In October, I had to make a tough choice to move jobs. November and December, like all of you, experiencing the holidays um, in quarantine—that's just not the same. And you know, 2021—it seems to be the same flavor. Uh, so I—I I pause and I—I I think, um, you know, I've left out a lot of positive things that happened, and I—you I, know, these things that are painful as well. What's up with those, right? I reflect on that year and um, I remember phrases like make it better and remove the hurt make it normal I just want it to be normal normal like it used to be you could relate to that, right? You know, these past year these things I've faced uh, you probably faced similar things if not worse and I know some of you it's worse. You know, um, we're when I think about those things and I think about where God's faithfulness is in those things, it's awesome to hear about the cool things and the positive things, right? Um, And what he's doing in the lives and the circumstances. We've heard those this morning. You know what the positive things are in your own life, right? Um, But where is that in in the hurt and difficulty? And where is it there too? You know, I want normal. I want to connect to my easy, comfortable life. And how faithful God is to me. Isn't that proof that he's faithful? Everything is smooth and easy. Life is together and it's just how I like it. You know, 1 Peter 4.12 says, Behold, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you and tests you. As though something strange was happening to you. In other words, I've come to realize this past year, really the past five decades of my life, Normal's not the goal. You know, comfort isn't the goal. A successful hashtag blessed life isn't the goal. So I asked myself, if normal isn't the goal, then what? Is God really faithful through both the good things and the painful things? I believe he is. But I think it's so much more. He's faithful to his purpose his purpose of glorification of himself through me it's really not about me at all you know there are many ways but i think one way to see how the, his faithfulness to his purpose how that plays out and how that, what that looks like is to do what he calls all of us to do in this life to represent him he calls us to serve the poor Orphans, widows, care for the marginalized. That's Matthew twenty five forty. Love our enemies. Matthew five forty four. All of this in order to bring the lost to him. Right. To do this with an attitude of lowliness and humility, Micah six eight. Through these difficult circumstances in my life, He is faithful to use what I learn in my own brokenness to minister more effectively to the hurting because he is a God of relationship and we're created in his image to reflect that. So what better way to really be stuck in the muck and mire, right, with someone than to have been through it yourself, to have connection, to have empathy, to sit with somebody across the room or knee to knee, cry with them and just say, Hold on. Jesus did that, right? He suffered. He knows the emotion of our pain. He knows what it's like to weep over discomfort. I am so thankful he knows that. He is our advocate, right? So again, I think about his faithfulness, um, to make my life normal, but no, right? It's more than that. It's his faithfulness to his purpose. A few of the events from last year are being revealed to me, just a few, um, about how God is using them for his purpose, and it's kind of cool to see both the fun ones and the painful ones, right? And I'd love to share those with you sometime. If you have time, you can stop me. But all that to say, he is good and he is faithful. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for you. We know that you know our struggles. Thank you for being our advocate. We confess our lack of trust in your purpose in the difficulty. We ask for your help to, to really correct what we think we know in our circumstances. Help us to trust that you and that you will make things work together for good for those who are called to your purpose. Help us to represent you. And amen.